you know, when it comes to reinventing, rebooting, reimagining movies sometimes, you know, depending on who the studio is that does it or the people that distribute it, you know, does it, it's always a unique kind of venture to, to see exactly how different things will be or how similar they will be. One of the things that two of the people I subscribe to here on YouTube, James Rolfe of Cinemassacre and Zara Nizarak of Multimedia Chronicles talk about a lot, is the differences when it comes to the horror films, mostly traditional horror films from the 30s up until even now. And basically two of the, I guess you could say two of the main uh, main event players that they talk about when it comes to or horror films, and basically the identicalness that connects them is Universal and Hammer. Now, Universal, of course, has been known to try to keep the horror genre of traditional Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman, Bride of Frankenstein, Invisible Man, Invisible Woman, you know, and so on. They've tried to keep it to a, a level that, you know, you could give it a rating that allows people of to a certain age, I guess, to go and see it. And even though you might have disturbing imagery in it, it's still suitable for everybody to watch. I mean, the classic 1930s to 40s films obviously are suitable for everybody, or else they wouldn't be selling them. I mean, heck, my mom, one time in a conversation, you know, I guess brought up the whole, I guess somebody brought up the whole classic monster genre and all that, and... You know, she was cool with that. It sounded like she was cool with the Frankenstein, you know, that of the Frankenstein and Dracula and all that of the 1930s and, and so on. But I can guarantee you this. If she was to choose between uh, the different sets of, and not, well, not just different sets, but the different interpretations and sets, I should say, of movies based on these iconic monsters and everything and iconic stories... You know, between Hammer's version and Universal's version, she would choose Universal, you know, without a doubt. Because when you take a look at Hammer, Hammer more along the lines from the 50s up to the 70s and early 80s, and even nowadays, will take iconic stories like Dracula, like Frankenstein, like the Wolfman, like Bride of Fra Frankenstein, the Invisible Woman, the Invisible Man, and so on, the Mummy, and so on, and they will take it to a whole different level of terror. They would take it to a whole different level of horror. And that's no exaggeration. That is no exaggeration because even back when they started doing this in the 50s up to today, the they don't shy away. They don't shy away from anything. But, here's the thing though. When you have someone like Universal take on, or take on the Mummy series in some in different incarnation, whether it's the Brendan Fraser ones, the ones that spun off the Scorpion King with The Rock, and so on, or even the one they just brought out with Tom Cruise, which was supposed to be the start to the Dark Universe, their cinematic uh, entry into the cinematic uh, movie universes. And they always try to play it safe. Like, they can have the scary moments, the jump scares and stuff like that, but they always try to play it to the point that, like I said, everybody can sit back and enjoy it, and it would warrant them getting a PG-13 rating. Hammer, on the other hand, a lot of the films, when they brought them out, yeah, the MPAA wasn't a big 
big deal or wasn't even in existence at the time when they began but they were slowly I guess coming into existence or at least being considered you know they were at least being considered and everything but when Hammer started doing this you know every film was not rated it was not given a rating so you could basically be like you know, in your own mind, be the judge of, okay, is this appropriate to take my kids to? Is this appropriate to, you know, go alone and see, depending on what you can handle or what your kids can handle? But as time went on and the NPAA came into existence, a lot of these films obviously got that PG or R rating. Some surprisingly, and this is the damn truth, got a G rating. And we're not just talking Hammer, we're talking Universal as well. But over time, you know, the MPA or the MPAA, as it was known back then, the MPA has basically adjusted the ratings for a lot of these films. So even if someone like the original Dracula film in the 1930s with Bela Lugosi or, you know, the, um, I think it was Bela Lugosi that did uh, Dracula, right? Or was it? No, Bela Lugosi, I think, was, uh, no, no, who was, no, no, yeah, it was Bela Lugosi that was Dracula. And Boris Koloff, Boris Koloff as Frankenstein, you know, back in the 30s, these films, didn't, like I said, didn't have a rating. But now, upon re-releases, they're getting things like a PG or PG-13 rating, you know, at most, because of the imagery, because of what they show and stuff. The, you know, the dark tone and all that. But the Hammer films... There's no doubt most of them get R ratings. Some might get a PG-13, but most, because of the imagery and the reimagining in a more horrific, you know, disturbing direction of these uh, classic iconic characters, are going to get an R rating. There's no, no, there's no getting around that. But the question, obviously, is why would a studio like Hammer want to go in a direction instead of just leave it as is? Well, quite simple. When you see someone like a Dracula character or a Frankenstein character or even a Wolfman or someone that can turn invisible or someone that's a mummy, you know, uh, going on a rampage or basically, you know, whatever, you know, like the invisibility power, you know, being able to, you know, go anywhere they want without being noticed. Of course, if you're a hammer, you're going to want to take advantage of that and say, hey, this character should be out for vengeance or this character should start losing their minds because... You know, the power of visibility is making them too unstable and they're just going to go crazy. And we need to really up the ante to show how much of a threat they are. And that's basically what Hammer does. Hammer basically will take these iconic stories and turn it up to the 100th, upteenth degree just to basically say this is how it should be presented, you know, if you're doing a film. And you also got to understand, too, Hammer, when they did this in the 50s up until you know, the 70s, 80s, and even recently, the reason they, you know, turn it up, basic, you know, the reason they turn it up, you know, to that 100th upteenth degree is basically they see the potential of how, you know, gory this could be. Because when you read the books based on these characters, these are horror books. Yeah, they're, they're great novels and everything, even from the very first one that they did, which, believe it or not, this year apparently marks, or was it last year? On the past year or so, marks 100 years since the first uh, film was brought out based on Dracula. You know, one of the more iconic films. You know, they look at these and they see the potential of 
the horror elements that are utilized, but they see, hey, this could be taken, they could see that, hey, yeah, these are based on iconic stories, but they could be taken to a whole new level. Like, we could really go crazy, go to town and everything. And that's what they do. That's what they do. They go straight to town. They don't take, you know, they don't take um, any, um, you know, they don't, how do, how do I put this? They don't take any soft curves. They don't, you know, stall themselves. They don't reconsider. From what I've understood and everything, they just go balls to the walls with a lot of these films. And that basically, from the 50s up until even now, is one of the reasons they allow these kind of films to be, just, you know, made under their label. Because they could see the potential of, hey, a horror film should be a horror film, not just some horror film that doesn't have much horror in it, you know, you know, and then just has a story overlapping it or overshadowing it. If a horror film's a horror film, let it be a horror film. And that's why you see a lot of these films, you know, distributed by the likes of Hammer going to in that direction that you wouldn't think they would go in. I mean, I'm not saying anything about, you know, the original Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman, Invisible Man, Invisible Woman films and all that, you know, done by Universal back in the 30s and 40s, not saying they didn't take it far. You know, they took it as far as they could, but nowadays, you know, like I said, you still see the horror elements and everything, but those are tame. But by today's standards, those are tame. I mean, yeah, they still try to retain that when they try to redo the dark universe, or try to create the dark universe. Which apparently they're still attempting to do. But, you know, even though they try to retain those elements that, like I said, would make it suitable for everybody, you know, they did, basically back in the original runs, you know, they did basically, you know, have the moments. They had their scares and jump scares and all that, but still, you know, those movies, those moments and everything pale in comparison to what Hammer did. Or studios like Hammer uh, would do in their interpretations. But the question, obviously, as I was trying to get to before I kind of almost went off track there, which I do apologize. Uh, but basically the question I think anybody has is, how was or is Hammer or any studio able to do this? You know, since Universal owns the rights to the monster, to, to the monsters. Well, here's the thing. Universal owns the rights to the movies, to their interpretations and their versions of the movies of the based on these iconic characters, which is why they're able to do the dark universe and everything, or at least try to attempt to do it one more time. But the stories overall are public domain. So by being public domain, these stories can be interpreted in any, sh in any shape, form, or fashion. And there have been studios that have done that outside of Hammer and outside of Universal. But here's what ha here's the catch though. Studios like Hammer and you know outside of Universal, you know studios like them and other independent films or studios and you know distributors, you know they always find a way around the legal situation. Like, you know, let's say they're doing a, a more horrific, you know, balls to the wall, gory Dracula film, you know, we know it's based on Dra that when you see it, you know it's based on Dracula, but they don't refer to Dracula by name or even dress him similar to what you would associate with the Universal films, because they don't want to deal with any legal um, lawsuits or you know all that. They don't want to deal with any legalization, 
you know, coming from Universal saying, hey, you copied our film. Instead, they'd rather work side by side with Universal, like they've done before, to try to make uh, a movie, you know, as, you know, identical to the iconic story by Mary Shelley. Well, not Mary Shelley, but the iconic story of Dracula, or the iconic story written by Mary Shelley of Frankenstein, as, you know, they could, you know, as they can. You know, instead of dealing with legal issues. And if they can't, and they decide to distribute it on their own, through another label and all that, they always try to find a way to be, to work around the fact that, yeah, this is based on Dracula, this is based on the Wolfman, this is based on Frankenstein, this is based on the Invisible Man or Invisible Woman. You know, they always try to find a way to get around that. Which is why, when you always see a lot of these, you know, Invisible People movies that have come out in the past couple of years... Yeah, they will straight up have the names Invisible Man, but they'll find a way in story to, you know, I guess you could say scoot around the idea of not being associated or being the same, you know, character or story as what Universal was adapt had originally adapted and still has the rights to. You know, that's why with some of the comedy films involving this, like Mom's Out of Sight, Invisible Mom, Invisible Kid, you know... They always change it up. It's always like it's the same story of, okay, person finds invisibility formula, they have fun with it and all that, but they don't, you know, try to associate it in any shape, form, or manner to the original um, monster film that Universal owns uh, the rights to. You know, same with Frankenstein. You know, again, you know, Hammer could get around it by calling Frankenstein, or the Frankenstein monster, the creature. Alvin and the Chipmunks, believe it or not, when they did Chipmunks Go to the Movies, and I think they did their version of it, can call it Frankenmunk, you know, you know, uh, to avoid any uh, confusions. And, yeah, even when they did Alvin and the Chipmunks meet Frankenstein, or Alvin and the Chipmunks meet the Wolfman, yeah, these were identical to the Universal Monsters, and, here's the catch, though, the reason they were able to kind of keep it identical, and Universal didn't come after... Uh, the people that, uh, uh, the Battle of Gaster Productions, or whatever the names are, uh, of Alvin the Chipmunks, is because they worked side by side with Universal to make that happen. Outside of that, though, if they wanted to do it under somebody else's distributing, or their own distributing, they'd have to come up with a different way to tell the story of how the Chipmunks and Chibets met Frankenstein, or how the Chipmunks and Chibets met the Wolfman. They'd have to find their own way to do it. And they did it kind of like, and they kind of did that here. Uh, with these two crossovers that they did, they had their own story elements to it. But the the point I'm getting at, though, is when other studios like Hammer decide to do their own versions, they have to find a way to work around it so that it's not like a straight-up connection to the original Universal stories. Which, you know, is a good move. It's a good move on their part. But it also, by doing so, allows them... To go in a direction that Universal, yeah, they will go in if they have to, but not necessarily because they want to have those stories be for everybody. They want the stories to be for everyone to enjoy. So the biggest difference when it comes uh, to both film, uh, to both uh, versions of these iconic monsters, you know, the big difference uh, in closing here is one is one, independently outside of Universal, you know, is basically able to take it to a whole new level, balls to the wall, you know, horrific goriness that Universal will touch upon, 
but not as much because they want people to, you know, overall enjoy it with family and friends. But Hammer, they'll be like, you know, screw that, bam, here we go. And, you know, they won't shy away from the gore. They won't shy away from the violence. They will just go, boom, balls to the wall. And they don't care if maybe the ending is a bittersweet, depressing ending, like in some of the films. Like when Frankenstein must be destroyed, they, they won't, even though it's not towards, even though it's not the end, but it's close to it, you know, they won't, you know, they won't shy away from it. Universal, they may touch upon it, but not really. You know, they may be like, you know, off. they may say something in a trans, in the next scene to where off screen, so-and-so found the body of the husband who they thought was alive buried underneath a house. And it's like, they'll touch upon it and that's it. You know, but Hammer, uh, studios like Hammer will not shy away from it. So to me, you know, when you look at the difference between the two, Hammer is more willing to go crazy. Just, you know, take the gloves off and just go, you know, like I said, and I know people are tired of me repeating myself sometimes, I do apologize, um, but they would just go crazy balls to the wall, nuts with it. Well, Universal might touch upon it, but try to keep it to where everybody will be able to watch it. And that's just my opinion. That's just my opinion on it. But let me know what your thoughts are. Comment down below, live chat during the premiere, like the video, and if you were to choose between both sides, because like I said, if my mom was to be told, asked, okay, which versions would you choose? You know, she would go Universal of a Hammer, no doubt. Uh, but let me know what your thoughts are. Comment below, live chat down in the mirror, which, you know, version would you go with? And do you, and is there probably someone a lot more, you know, balls to the wall, crazier than Hammer when it comes to their interpretations of these iconic um, movies and monsters and all that? you know, that we watch or that get broadcast during the time of Halloween, which is this month. Let me know what your thoughts are. Comment below. Live chat during the premiere. Like the video. Super chat, super stickers are open during the live chat. And super thanks after the premiere. Check me out at BW Roses Discussions. All your favorite audio podcast locations, except for Pandora. Also check me out at Venmo at Brian-Warmer-Two and Cash App at BW Roses 98. Also check me out at DeviantArt.com slash BVW1979. Patreon.com at BWRoses with a $1 or $3 tier. Check out the Teespring store as well. Let me know what your thoughts are, though, guys, and I will talk to you all later.